The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. This podcast is sponsored by TourTips.com, the online golf betting resource. TourTips subscriptions for 2021 have been reduced by up to 50%, and their email service is now a free subscription. For all the best in-depth stats and information, visit Tour-Tips.com, the online golf betting resource. Welcome to the home of the best golf betting tips. All the best bets for the upcoming tournaments, all from experts and all in one place. From the home of the Bet Bites podcast, this is Bet Bites Golf with Dave Tyndall and James Butler. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. Golf betting podcast, Ryder Cup betting podcast. James and Dave taking you through, as always, the final version of our Ryder Cup 2020 stroke 21 edition. And DT, it's kind of 11-5 heading into the singles. That was a, more of a gap than we were hoping for, isn't it? Yeah, it's an absolute thriller, isn't it? On the knife edge. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the commentators on the TV last night were trying to big it up, saying that yeah, Europe could still do it, the glories of Medina and all the rest of it. But it looks like it, it's too big a mountain to climb that isn't it yeah well um whatever words are said if you look at the actual betting one to 25 the usa 40 to one europe so um there you go and i would say europe are quite short at that price as well (laughs) so um, i wouldn't be tempted by the 40 to one either it's i mean for a stage yesterday i didn't see the afternoon that's sorry the morning session but i came back and saw the the evening session until the uh, early hours of uh, uk time and for a time it looked like it might be possible that they could get even a 3-1 or potentially a 4-0 to just set it up for the singles but americans just kept creeping back at the wrong time didn't they yeah, they um, a three-one would have would would have taken you to ten-six, which is still a big deficit. But obviously, we've seen ten-six recovered from before. It happened at the Miracle of Medina 
in 2012. It happened in 1999 uh, when the Americans came back. So sort of 10-6 is still a kind of red flag to the team leading because it, you know, and it, and it gives hope to the chasers. But I think 11-5, that was a, that was sort of good night Vienna, wasn't it, to be honest? For your 16-12 um, pre-tournament uh, suggestion to, to come in, you need the uh, Europeans to win the singles. Even if they go down, can you still see them winning the singles and taking it 7-5? Well, I was, I was trying to look for some uh, precedents. So I went to the President's Cup to find a precedent, which is quite nice. So I'm, I'm sounding like I'm on, on some sort of quiz show where <laughs> you get rewarded for clever words. They'll be the only clever words. I'm, I'm quite tired after watching all this Ryder Cup. But um, yeah, I, they, the kind of example that I was going to refer back to, the 2017 President's Cup uh, between the USA and the internationals. Uh, now, that was an absolute mullering for the first two days. I mean, if you think if you think 11-5 is bad, the internationals were 14 and a half, three and a half down after two days. So that was astonishing. So you think, my goodness, what did that become? Well, actually, it, it only became 1911 because the internationals won the single seven and a half, four and a half, uh, which sort of doesn't make sense. It, it would probably only make sense from the fact that the USA knew fine well that it was done um i mean it was literally done for, they got 14 and a, well no not actually 14 and a half isn't enough in a in a president's cup because they uh play for 30 points but they needed a point to win so i think is the okay you know like a sort of racehorse starts to look around when it knows it's won i wonder if they'll just be a, a maybe a few of them who might think oh, this is in the bag yeah so i wouldn't rule out year at winning the singles i think it's unlikely because i just think the americans are better and prefer this course but it's not beyond the realms it doesn't mean this what have we got now a, a, a six point gap it doesn't necessarily become a 10 point gap or anything but you know if you wanted to bet on just say europe to win the singles you know there is a historical precedent yeah i'm just trying to find the price for that we'll come back to that in a bit when i do find the price for it I got it this morning. I didn't know how the captains had set up the, the singles um, in terms of order. And the order is important, isn't it? Because you tend to put out your best first and um, and try and get a good start in it. And regardless of whether you're ahead or behind, you want a good start to try and colour the, the, um, the scoreboard your colour to try and add that impetus and get that momentum and try and make the people coming later believe. And I was thinking about Rory McIlroy and I actually thought I'd put him out first. Yeah. He's, been, he's been dire, hasn't he? I mean, he's been completely off colour. He's not, he's not been the Rory McIlroy Roy that we know and love but I thought Patrick Carrington would go to Rory McIlroy and say come on Rory you can lead us you can lead us you can set the tone and you can go out there and do it and then I looked at the actual ordering and he's basically done that hasn't he yeah to, to me uh, it was the only position you could put him in because if you hide him in the middle or down the bottom you're kind of diminishing him you're, you're kind of saying look Rory you're not at it this week that's reflected in my positioning of you if there is to be a complete freak this afternoon, you need Rory to be thinking he's massively important still. And I think the the absolute epitome of that would be to send him out first. I think that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna squeeze some life out of him because he's playing terrible. Yeah. But he is a you know he's a he's an emotional player who, who can just sort of turn it on sometimes. But I think so. The only way you can do that is is just to kind of trick with his head and say, look, you're my number one guy. Uh, so I mean, the problem is, I think there's an element that Stricker's guessed that, and he's put out one of his top guns of the week, Xander Schauffele. Yeah, Xander Schauffele has been very impressive, hasn't he? I mean, but if we if you look at Padraig's um, top order, um, effectively, Roy McIlroy is leading it off. Shane Lowry, he admitted yesterday this was the week of his life. He he looks really up for it. He's one of the few Europeans that actually really does look like. 
like he's 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 fighting. John Rahm has been absolutely exceptional. He goes at number three. Sergio Garcia has been his partner. He's had a good week as well. Victor Hovland's been an impressive youngster. So he's packed that top five with either people he wants to be inspirational or people who have been inspirational for his team. Yeah. From a betting point of view, the problem is if you start going too far down the list and and starting to sort of weigh up, all oh, right, Tony Fino versus Poulter or Thomas versus Hatton, the, the cup might be over by the time they have yeah. any. And so, I mean, with, with Poulter going out in match number eight, what he's hoping there is that the, the scoreboard's blue and it inspires him, isn't he? I mean, yeah. that, that's the only way it can work, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I looked at the order. There's been a bit of criticism of, well, a lot of criticism of, of Harrington this week, which, you know, is kind of inevitable when your team is losing. It must be purely because the captain messed up. Yeah, I think he has got some stuff wrong, but I, I honestly thought at the end of the day, he's up against an unstoppable force. So I think he's sort of spread the team just about as as good as he could in this in these circumstances. But from a betting point of view, I think it makes more sense if, you, if you're being really, you know, got your, your betting head, on sensible you'll know that this some of these latter games the motivation could have just gone out the window you don't know what's going on so i think it makes sense to focus on the top maybe five six games while it's still alive so that, that's going to be my strategy when picking out some uh, singles bets yeah i mean i've been focusing on the europeans and trying to look for uh, some kind of glimmer of hope but if you look down the the, the usa list as you said Zander shuffle has been absolutely superb patrick cantley's one of the four men in the world you've got um bryson DeChambeau, who seems to be risen to the Ryder Cup occasion. Colin Morikawa, my mate, has been superb this week. Dustin Johnson's yet to drop a point. Yeah, their top order is equally good, if not better, isn't it? So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really tough ask. This is the, the best USA side that's ever walked onto the Ryder Cup course in terms of world ranking. So, the Europeans were always up against it, weren't they? Yes, sometimes, sometimes you just kind of get a generational flow of, of things and you get maybe one side they're coming into their peak years and another side who's clearly this is kind of the last hurrah for some of them so I think you know if you look at Europe I don't think we're going to see Poulter in another Ryder Cup I don't think we'll see Westwood in another one uh, Casey this might be him done Garcia will probably have Italy next time left but it's kind of a there's some of the old legends who have this is one too many you could argue that it's too too many maybe for a couple of them that they shouldn't really have been in this time uh, I, I saw your tweet actually about youngsters doing better it was the base the yeah. basis of it wasn't it and here's the little scottish fella that crops up in all the uh, the the majors that always does quite well yeah robert mcintyre yeah I was, I was thinking somebody like him could have been a good addition rather than ian poulter potentially yeah again it's just it's the way it falls the cards fall sometimes mcintyre's form went out the window what could have been a, a, a kind of quite a, an exciting pick and a not left field, but a, a kind of a, a slightly chancy pick, and, but a, a one that could pay off would have been McIntyre, but he just fell away. So I don't think there was too much controversy about him. I was, was obviously banging the drum for Justin Rose this yep. time. Um, you know, I mean the six the six European players who have who are on zero points so far. Yeah, it says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it says a lot, a lot considering that they've all played a fair you amount as well. You don't want to be a smart ass and say, "Oh, if Justin Rose have played, he'd won, he'd won all four. At least I've sort of got my arguments down before before it started because I thought I don't know. Poulter had a losing record in the Ryder Cup since 2012 before this week he's now won three points from his last seven matches I mean it's just it was asking a lot he's 45 that's that's people don't 
do amazing stuff. But, in we're we're big, we're big fans of Married at First Sight, aren't we? And we <laughs> well, watch yeah, that regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like um, Poulter and McElroy have just met at the altar. Because it looked like they've, ne- they've never played together before. I mean, I know they have. McElroy was insipid. Poulter needed something to get him going and McElroy was offering nothing and he couldn't get really anything out of his game. There's only really one glimpse, I think, yesterday of Poulter's eyes bulging and him trying to get himself going. But that, that lack of real genuine... There isn't in me a real genuine thought or vibe that Europe have got it within them to try and stage something big today. No, there's just too many players out of form and, and there's too many good Americans. We're talking about sort of generations. Whereas our guys, our kind of war horses are, are kind of all coming to an end together, maybe. And some of the younger ones haven't really established themselves. For the Americans, they've kind of got this new wave of young talent. There's no Tiger or... Or Phil Mickelson. I mean, it's, it's like maybe it's maybe like Cristiano Ronaldo. I know he's he started well, but once he comes into a, a team lineup like Man United, well, Man United aren't doing any any good suddenly, are, are they? Because mm. you almost can't. There's too much imbalance in that in that team room. And well, Alan Hansen famously says you don't win anything with kids, but you don't win anything with OAPs either, do you? And uh... no, even yesterday I thought we're becoming a football podcast now. I thought I honestly think the fact that. Because Ronaldo was around, that Bruno Fernandes had more pressure on him to score. Yes. Because he knows, oh, God, if I miss this, everyone will be saying Ronaldo should have taken it. And he never had that pressure before. So it's just little things like that. I can remember seeing a a photograph um, of the, I can't remember, some collegiate team or something, uh, or was it the Walker Cup team that the uh, the US put out a few years ago? And it had most of these youngsters, Colin Morikawa's, and and, uh, they, they were all in there. And they've kind of, although they're, it's a very individual sport. They're used to playing with each other. They have the opportunity to play with each other and they kind of seem to be inspiring each other. It might not be quite as harmonious and as obviously pally as the Europeans, but they know their job and they're doing it together, aren't they, this week? And it's a slightly different vibe from the Americans, I think, than sometimes where it has been a very individualistic Ryder Cup, whereas this team, they do seem a bit more of a team. Yeah, and there's a lot of focus on that. <clears throat> Clearly the team spirit's not there because of DeChambeau and Kepka. That, that was the outlier, really. I think plenty of them do get on pretty well. So they've all come through together. I mean, there's no sort of like ultra, ultra superstar on that team who, who's bigger than everybody. Yeah. You know? So like the 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 most um, senior player on the team is Dustin Johnson. I mean, I mean, he's got no airs or graces. He's just sort of one of the boys, isn't he? So yeah, he's quite a humble kind of. Uh, yeah, he just, he just frogs around, doesn't he? And just enjoys himself. Yeah. And he's won all four of his matches as well, DJ. Yeah, and that helps as well, doesn't it? That you kind of your leading light is doing doing that well. Bryson DeChambeau seems to actually really enjoy the team element of it. He seems to have. Uh, Reveled in it, so um, they seem to have got the best out of their their side. The the bar was already quite high, doesn't it? So if you can improve upon where you think they're going to be, then the USA have had a very good week indeed. We've rambled on for fifteen yes. minutes, and we haven't yet got to a bet. Imagine Singles, that. Dave. Where are you going to take me? Yeah. So as I say, the focus is on the top games where the the motivation will be genuine and 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 intense while there's still things to play for. So I'm going to take on Rory. I think Shuffle is going to be too good in that top match. Rory, yeah, it's the right thing to do to, to give it a spin and chance that he might produce something amazing. But Shuffle is just going to be too good, I think, in the current form. Shuffle's played four matches, once, th- um, th- well, he's won three matches, hasn't he, Shuffle? So he's, he's the second top point scorer in, um, in, on the American team, so a, a top, top player. So he wins that one. He's, he's a best of 13 to 15. Second match down. So that one starts at just after 5 p.m. UK time to give you a time, uh, give you an idea on uh, what you can do. You can go off shopping this afternoon and then come back and watch it. Game two, I'm going to play that one as well. 
it's Cantley versus Lowry. Cantley's obviously very good, but I just think Lowry's even in the losing cause, you always get a couple, don't you, that come out with a kind of reputation enhanced. I mean, for him to say it's the best week of his life when he won the Open in a, <laughs> in Northern Ireland, I know he's from Southern Ireland, but to, to win that and then still say this is amazing, you could see it. He's just yeah. unbelievable. You get, you, get the, you get the feeling with Shane that he's basically waited a long time for this and he's, he's uh, revving yeah. in it regardless. As much as you're probably going to go home like with a massive defeat, I think they've unearthed a couple of absolute gems this time. They've got Rahm will now be a Ryder Cup legend, I'm sure, for many Ryder Cups to come. Uh, Lowry, as, as they've unearthed him as an absolute possible superstar in this event. And I do think the high he's on from last night, I just think that will roll over into today. So I think he can take care of, of Cantlay. I mean, Cantlay's an excellent player, but he, he's not been the absolute standout or anything. And he's had quite a long, hard season. So I think Lowry at, at, at quite big odds. He's the clear underdog, about 13 to 8. I think Lowry can take that one. Uh, match three, you cannot opposed John Rahm. John Rahm would beat anybody. So he's up against Scotty Scheffler, who has been okay, but not amazing. He's he's um, he's only played a, a, a couple of times. Uh, he's um, won one, halved one, but I, I just think Rahm would be the bet against anyone. He's not the worst price, really. Rahm at four to six. Rahm's just the man for the Europeans, and I think he'll he'll complete his, um, his week where he'll get four and a half points. So Rahm for that one. I'm not going to play game four, DeChambeau Garcia. I can see that going either way. I can see that being half, possibly. Um, maybe Garcia's lent a bit on Ram. He, he hinted at that yesterday, but Garcia's still played plenty of good golf. DeChambeau's played lots of good golf, but some sort of odd stuff as well. So I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, your two favourites, James, in the next one, Morikawa against Hovland. I know this is one of my favourite matches of the entire world, basically. I think yes. it's terrific. I mean, I think Victor's been superb at. Colin Morikawa is just exceptional. Those iron shots into some of the par yeah. threes. I mean, yeah. they're just wow shots, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's almost a game to sort of enjoy and rather than bet on. So I couldn't, I could see Hovland nicking a half maybe. But they're, they're, least... they're two young blokes that are going to be around for the next uh, decade. Yeah. Could be a, one of the games of the of, this, of Sunday, possibly the game of Sunday. It's a shame it doesn't count for more probably. But I'm going to leave alone because I, I just think it's so, both have the massive talent to, to win that game. So I'm going to uh, going to stop and make my final bet game number 6, which is DJ Dustin Johnson against Paul Casey. I think it's I think Casey I don't I don't really he's, I think he's been overplayed a little bit. Um he's lost all three matches. I don't quite know why some of the younger ones weren't given a go, but Casey say he's had a he's had a, a tough week. DJ's had a brilliant week. DJ's 4 to 5. I think that's excellent price to be honest. I mean in hindsight, DJ's got some superb course form. He, he loves whistling straights. It's not just because he's, you know, the world number two. He, he particularly likes this course, so it does make sense. So it's, it's quite a big price, actually. You put it together, you put Shuffle, Lowry, Rahm and Johnson. So that's two Americans, two Europeans. That fourfold pays 12.84 to one. That's a really good fourfold and it's well-reasoned as well. I'll tell you what, as well, you could just take Rahm and Johnson as a double, couldn't you? Four to six and four to five. Not quite yeah. sure what that would get you as a double, but yeah, that's a, I reckon that's a pretty safe double as well if you just want to play safe with a, a decent bet to finish with. Regardless, I mean, we're both European, obviously. We wanted the Europeans to do well. But regardless, it's still an incredible event, isn't it? I've just, I love watching the Ryder Cup, whatever the score is. There's just something very special about it. And I've really enjoyed, um, well, the two days we've had. I'll enjoy the singles tonight and I've enjoyed chatting to you about it. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun, obviously. It's, it's been tough for Europe. But, but I, I don't know. It's sometimes when 
the USA maybe are running away with it. I don't feel particularly kind of sad or annoyed because these US players are sort of guys I watch week in and week out and often pull for. So I can't be too against them, really. Sometimes you just admire their golf. Um, they've done a couple of things this week that got under people's skin. You know, they were sort of drinking beer on the first tee and stuff like that. I don't know, whatever. Um, and Kepka was a bit boorish, wasn't he, yesterday with the rules official. So sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot but there you go you don't have to like all of them but there's a lot on that team who I just think are good blokes who I, who I like watching so sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say well played to the other team I think we'll get the, the truest test of, of how good this young mostly younger generation of Americans are is when they play away in Italy next time uh, that'll, that'll because by then I think Europe will have some younger guns on the team to maybe attack it with a fresh eye and then America haven't won away uh, in 1993 so they've got that hurdle to cross. So, so whatever happens today in terms of scoreline, it'll probably be a, a big one, won't it? I, I think it, it, it doesn't tell us that the, the Americans are going to dominate for years to come because this will, one of the things I said in the sort of build-up podcast, this will now become the seventh home win out of eight. Home yeah. advantage is massive. And Absol- they yeah, absolutely. And they've taken advantage of it this time. Do we, do we know the European captain for the next time? Is it an Italian? I don't know. No, we don't know. Um Cristiano Rocca or something like that I don't know uh, Costantino Rocca got... that's, that's the one Cristiano Ronaldo Rocca <laughs> I knew when I put, put football into this podcast yeah, exactly I've just found the prices as well Before, well as we finish the prices for day three um, USA to win the singles is one to two yeah. um, the Europe to win the singles is 15 to eight and the yeah. draw today is uh, a 15 to two shot if I was going to give you a, a mythical dollar on that one which where would you put it if it was a mythical dollar I might just Play the the tie at fifteen to two. Yeah, that's probably a nice way to finish it. Yeah, isn't it? you're watching all the way through regardless yeah. of the result. It's probably, that's actually not a bad bet to have, is it? If you just want to enjoy day three with a little bit of a bet going on at a, a decent price and just uh, watch it to its conclusion without actually worrying who's going to lift the trophy. Yeah, because that, that some of those bottom games, if if it was all being played on a you know, say this was day one and everyone would be trying their heart out, you'd expect some US wins down the bottom if they've already won. It might be a case of Europe's showing we can still fight and winning some games that they might not have done, and therefore that that could turn into a six-six. But I don't think um, I don't think we're in for a. I mean, these are famous. These, these are famous last words. You can edit this out when I say this. I don't think we're in for a shock today. <laughs> no, I, to be honest, I don't. I'd be very surprised yeah. if Europe caused some kind of grandstand finish. Ryder Cup does tend to bring surprises, but uh, I don't think today's going to be it. Yeah. yeah. Too so we're gonna back. we're gonna go with the uh, the tie today then just as a little bit of a nibbly bet of fifteen to two and your fourfold in the singles and the Shaffley to beat Rory McIlroy thirteen to five Shane Lowry to beat Patrick Canlay thirteen to eight John Rahm to beat Scotty Scheffler four to six and Dustin Johnson to have the better of Paul Casey today at four to five that's uh, well nearly a thirteen to one fourfold so it's a couple of nice bets there I think to see us through day three of the Ryder Cup Dave Tindall as always it's been a pleasure. Yeah, cheers, James. Obviously, the, the main bet we put up at the start of the week was the USA to lead after each day, which turned a 1-2 to two shot into a 15-8 to eight chance, so that's looking good. As we say, we'd be very surprised if that doesn't land as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're doing quite well this week, actually. You, you should be have a big pat on the back for Dave Tyndall. Doing very, very good indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, it's I'll... been nice doing these. It, it's, um, I saw um, a couple of people saying, oh, there's not much um, kind of in-between-day stuff going out. 
in terms of podcasts. Well, here's one. So listen to this. Exactly. And well, if they've listened, if they've got heard that bit, they've listened to it. So well, well so. done. Well done for doing that. Um, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you everybody out there for listening. Good luck with all of your bets. Hope you enjoyed the Ryder Cup and uh, gamble responsibly. As always, we will see you with a regular golf betting podcast very soon indeed. Bet Bites Golf is a sports betting media production. Our multi-sport Bet Bites podcast is released every Friday. Please gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for all the information. Sports Social Podcast Network.